Hey, this is Julio. Hey, this is Steve. Before the podcast starts, we want to welcome and give you the opportunity to support our ministry by visiting our website at www.bridgemenlaredo.org. Scroll down to the bottom of any page and you'll find the PayPal donate button. Bridge Ministries exists to share the glorious good news of Jesus Christ and to equip people to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. If you would like to help us in our mission of making affordable or free Bibles and Christian books available, and also to check out the orphanage that we support, visit our website. gentlemen we're back with another episode of bridge radio this is episode number 14 and i'm excited to continue our series on the five solas for the month of january if you're a new listener please go back and listen to our 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 older podcasts they're few but this year is going to be many we have people like michael heiser joel mcdurbin gary demar doug wilson again coming on uh, possibly jeff durbin i want to get him on Cy as well, um, inspiring philosophy, and we're, we're getting getting some people up for the year, but right now we're focusing on the five solos for the month of, of January, and um, two weeks ago we had Eli, Eliah, uh, man, I always stumble on his last name, I can't get it right. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, so we talked about Sola Scriptura, and uh, last week, please go listen to this podcast as well, it was uh, John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in uh, Peora, Arizona, he's the author of The Five Solas, Standing Together Alone. And uh, he did. He he knocked it out of the park with uh, solo gratia, man. Yeah. And, so uh, and he just just a beautiful, excellent brother uh, to have. And we've been in communication and touch. Um, but anyway, um, we're Bridge Ministries guys, and uh, our our ministry here is uh, we're out of Laredo, Texas, and our sole focus here is to equip, uh, as uh, Ephesians four twelve through fourteen says, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and building up the body. Uh, that we may all attain unity and faith of the knowledge of the Son of God and uh, that we wouldn't be tossed uh, by wind and fro, by deceitful doctrine and the cunningness of men. So, and, and that's the whole goal of this series, and we hope that you're blessed by it. Uh, please share it with your family, your friends, and your mom and your dad. So, uh, But anyway, um, I'm your co-host, as always, Julio Rodriguez. And uh, across from me, I have... Abraham, my brother in Christ from the Valley. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm I'm back in Laredo. So from <laughs> McAllen. So super excited to be here for sure. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Did I say co-host again? You did. I did say co-host. You're the host. I'm the I'm, host, and I'm the co-host. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so, I'm the host. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's go ahead and jump into our um, our topic today. We're going to be talking about justification by faith alone, solo fide. Um, but we have a special guest, uh, a brother in Christ. Uh, I've been so blessed by his ministry, his work. And um, and let me just give you a quick introduction of, to him. He's the president and founder of the Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry uh, that began in, in 1995. I was only two years old. Yeah, I was in high school. I was a little lad, man. <laughs> um, but he, it's known by CARM as well. CARM, quote, is a Christian ministry dedicated to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and the promotion and defense of the Christian gospel, doctrine, and theology. Uh, he's also earned his bachelor's in social science, and he also got a master's of divinity from Westminster Theological Seminary. That's where the big guys are at, man. That's, yeah, that's yeah. big guns. Yeah. <laughs> he's had multiple debates on theology, doctrine, and against atheists such as Dan Barker, Matt Dillahunty, and Aaron Ra. And so let me uh, introduce to you Matt Slick. Matt hey. Slick. Thank you for th- th- hey. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the program, man, and taking your time out of your day to come uh, discuss well, about with that great today. intro. I shouldn't shouldn't say anything more because it'd only be downhill from that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh man. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, th- that's Matt Slick. Uh, he's he's he. Carm uh, is a is a website that I highly recommend people to go visit. I showed it to to Abraham today and or yesterday, right? Yeah, and it was, he was yesterday. What do you think about it? Oh man. Uh, Matt, you did just a wonderful job there. We were we we're under uh, the world religious under uh, um, the Council of Trent and Canon on Justification, and yeah, I was like, that's some just great information. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we can talk yeah. about that later. Praise God, man. Yeah. Yes. So uh, again, so today's topic is going to be on justification by faith alone, and so Matt Slick 
2014 debate had a debate with Aaron Raw on the Bible thumping wingnut show. Uh, that's Tim's podcast, Tim Heard, and uh, I remember watching it. And there's a moment at the very beginning of the podcast where Aaron Raw asserts that he has no faith. And I think it's just a good insight also uh, about what Matt Slick does, his ministry, and also to, to point to that um, everybody has faith. So I'm going to play this clip. Um, it's only about, I, I, I hate to play like a minute long clip, but it's, it's probably around that ballpark. But just give a close listen to what is said here and just the, uh, and how just Matt Slick handles it. So um, here we go. You have faith that the laws of logic will work and always work. <laughs> Wrong. You're mystifying faith. Uh, wait a minute. Look at the definition I, of faith. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, if you're the one who's not a man of faith, but I am, and you're going to tell me how to define faith, then maybe that's you know a misappropriation of our respective categories. I understand what science is, and science is based on a measure of faith. You have to presuppose the validity of the laws of logic. You have to presuppose the uniformity of nature. Yes, you do. You cannot use the scientific method to validate either one. And don't tell me you can. You beg the question. You beg the question when you assume the uniformity of nature. You assume it's, it's uniformity, and then you base a scientific method on the uniformity. But you cannot test it via the scientific method and establish its truth. You make these faith assertions all the time. That's my point. Assertions. I don't ever make faith because you know I'm not just an atheist. Wait a minute. You don't ever. You're so self-refuting. You don't ever make faith assertions. That's right. Because I'm not just That's right there is a faith assertion. I'm not just an atheist. I'm also an epistemist. Now, an epistemist is one who rejects faith as being the most dishonest position it is possible to have. And it doesn't matter what source you look at to look it up. If you, <laughs> if you compare different definitions from scriptural references, from hymns, from sermons of theologians, past and present, so forth, you're going to get a consensus definition. There is a second definition that exists only in a dictionary, which is a secure confidence in a person, place, or thing, and the value or the trustworthiness of that thing. But that definition appears only in the dictionary. It doesn't appear in the religious references. In the religious references, faith is a belief that you assume it's a secure conviction that is assumed without reason and defended against all reason. <laughs> I don't have that. That's not what faith is. Yeah, I know. And faith also requires apologetics. Science doesn't. Apologetics is making up... Yes, you are. You're doing apologetics right now. Right. Apologetics is a practice device... Aaron, you are, you are walking contradiction. <laughs> 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 I I remember Matt when I first saw that. Um man, I was I was laughing. I was honestly I was sitting there and I was laughing just and and, and I was just seeing the, the refutation. I couldn't I, I just couldn't believe what was what was being said by Aaron Raw. But for our listeners, um Matt, can you flesh out what was going on there? Well, he was just saying that he doesn't have faith, but hmm. he does. All atheists have faith. Yes, yeah. You cannot verify everything. Uh, you have to have faith, for example, that uh, the person driving the car uh, uh, opposite you in a direction towards you in the road, it's only separated by a little yellow line, you have faith that he's not going to uh, you know, do a head-on and kill you. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't know. You have to have faith in the laws of logic, that they're uniform and absolute and transcendent. And this issue, back to what we're talking about there, in the, in the, uh, the, it's called the principle of induction and uniformity of nature and mm -hmm. things like that. Has to deal with uh, well, you just believe that the universe always behaves the same yeah. way all the time, which is what the scientific method is based on. The mm -hmm. scientific method is it actually it's a philosophical approach to learning, mm -hmm. and uh, because it presupposes the laws of logic and the uniformity of nature, these are presupposed. And I was just pointing this out to him, yeah. <clears throat> and he he did not like that, mm -hmm. and um, you know he, he just got his hat handed to him, I guess you could say. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we definitely saw that, and 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 Matt, real quick, uh, uh, have you seen the nineteen seventy eight classic hit movie uh, Pilgrim's Progress? No. And oh, okay. Well, um, uh, I was telling Julio uh, for the listeners out there, mm -hmm. if you have seen it, uh, Aaron Ra looks like the worldly wise man from that classic <laughs> hit. Yeah, I I looked at a picture and I was like, wow, yes. Yeah. It, for yeah, our listeners, just Google it out there, and yeah. Well, I, I thought was, it was more like Bigfoot, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we love you, Aaron. We love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we want you to know. Hey, I, come to I'm know. Try to get another debate. 
try to get another debate going with him out in uh, in uh, Dallas Fort Worth area mm-hmm. on the uh, Bible and Beer Consortium, mm-hmm. and I was told that Aaron wants nothing to do with me. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can probably see why. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, maybe we could set it up here on Bridge Radio, man. We'd love to do that. Yeah, well, that'd be interesting. Oh. It would be interesting. Set it up. Yeah. Would you like to? We can broker that. We'll broker that deal. Yeah. 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 I. I I would be totally up. We got. uh, We might need a couple. Couple of more wires and cables to make that do. To to pull it off. But I think that would be good. That would be good. Um. I. I. You know what? I was shocked when he says like I don't do apologetics, and it's like well, apologetics is defense of a certain position. I was like you're you're doing it raw, like Aaron, like you're. how, How could you not? See what you're saying there. I, I don't know. I guess his pre obviously his presuppositions are 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 off. I don't know if well, you would agree with that, Matt. Of course they are. But yeah. you got to understand theologically, there's what's called the noetic effect of sin. Uh-huh. Noetic has to do with the mind from the Greek naos mind. Uh-huh. The noetic effect of sin is that the unbelievers cannot understand spiritual things. First Corinthians two fourteen uh-huh. cannot receive them. They're slaves of sin. Romans six fourteen through twenty, and so they are going to have to abide in a nonsensical worldview and mm-hmm. then defend it. And this is why it's easy, and I don't mean this in an arrogant sense, this is why it's easy to defeat atheism, because atheism is a self-refuting system, particularly when you're a naturalist or a materialist. Their philosophical assumptions they have to make can't be justified. Mm-hmm. They just have to be assumed. So yeah. they pick and choose what they can do and what they want to work with. And then when you show that to them, then they often call you names and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like about your parentage and things like that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Matt, I mean, the, the reason why I wanted to, 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 to show this clip is not only to show that everybody has faith, um, um, you can't say you don't have faith. Everybody has faith, and in, 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 you obviously put it in something. And also to just show what, what Matt Slick does in his ministry, and uh, guys go support him and go to, to carm.org. And I, you also have a, I see your radio uh, program all the time. What's that again? Matt Slick Live, which I think is narcissistic, but because my last name is Slick, they said, no, it's a good name. <laughs> that's hilarious. Name. Yeah. That's true. We call, we call you Brother Slick. Yeah. Brother yeah, Slick. I you like that one. <laughs> I know. And when I introduce myself, depending on the situation, I'm always looking for an opportunity to witness. I'll say, they'll say, you know, people comment about my name. They go, your last name is really Slick. Yeah. Says, yeah, born with it. And I'm a, I'm a reverend. You can call me Reverend Slick. And I get these <laughs> weird looks. That's... You know? And then... Did I say it just never after all these years it never sounds right. Reverend yeah. Slick. Like you, you might yeah. want to go uh talk to Mr. Slick. Because <laughs> yeah. everything sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. so narcissistic. Uh, you know, I did I didn't think about that. That's funny. I'm sure you've heard it all though, right? Yes. Uh, growing up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know who, if you know who Justin Peters is, but he's he does a lot of apologetic stuff. Okay. And he has just Justin Peters ministry. Then I have a friend who runs his name's uh, Andrew Rappaport. He runs Striving for Eternity. Well, all three of us were sitting at a, a table together at a at a conference talking and I made this joke. I said, "Hey everybody, look." I pointed to Justin. I said, "Look, Justin Peters ministry. He's a narcissist." I said, "Here's here we have Andrew Rappaport's striving for eternity, so he's a synergist, and I, I'm a monergist. Who's the one biblical? Oh, <laughs> and, uh, that's good. That's good. I yeah, like it. It was, it was all in fun. Yeah, so, yeah uh, we good. had a good course. time. Of course, <laughs> anyway. of course. Oh man. So, um, so I, I like I like in that in that um, in that interaction, you said, oh, "Well, if I'm a man of faith, like who are you to 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 define?" what the word faith is. So, Matt, I wanted to say, since we're on the topic of uh, justification uh, by faith, uh, how, how would you define faith? Well, the Bible, you know, uh, Hebrews is another one, the evidence of things hoped for, mm-hmm. you know, conviction of things not seen. But a lot of people don't understand that faith is not just without evidence. It's not without reason. Mm. Yes. Uh, Jesus and, and John, uh, John 20, 25 through 28, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it. Like I put my hand in his, you know, see him and stuff like that. Jesus appeared to him and said... Put your hand into my side. Put mm. your finger into my my hand. Mm. Now believe. Yeah, it's really interesting because I, people say your Christian faith is without evidence. Mm. Nope, it's on the resurrection of Christ, the conviction of the Word of God, mm. the resu- you know the uh, the effect of change in life. We have the historical documents. Blah blah blah. And Jesus even said, "Believe based on what you see." Now, I'm a presuppositionalist. We could get into to the ramifications of all that, yeah. but. There, it, uh, I believe that presuppositionalism, um, classical, and uh, uh, evidential apologetics are all given in the Word of God mm. as a defense because ultimately all of it belongs to God. 
all yes. of it does. But the most powerful and easiest way to witness is using presuppositionalism. Yes. That's another show for another time. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, we could have you back on the program to do that one. Yeah, we're I I I, I like presuppositional apologetics a lot. Um, Why would you assume that? I would assume that too. <laughs> we're reformed Calvinists here, all of us. Oh man, I didn't know you guys were reformed. That's good. Oh no, we'll have yeah. to talk. Oh yeah, I'm reformed also, and then we can talk about stuff. Oh yes, yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, we're reformed. We're we're we're, actually, we're a reformed right. Christian bookstore, so we do hold a lot of oh, okay. Calvin, and we don't allow certain books to come in. <laughs> I know you guys are. Yeah, I think you... Joyce Meyer stuff's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're, yeah, we're going yeah, off topic. Yeah, yeah. We're going off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. About okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Back to justification by uh, by faith. Um, so yes, we're, we're reformed Calvinist. So let's jump into the Reformation here. Right. Um, we have the um, the so the Christian Reformation was based upon sola fide, and so I again for Bridge Ministries we love to teach. We hold Bible studies, and for the people who are listening, we want you to understand the Word of God as pure as possible. And so we have two terms here that are used to uh, to, to sort of um, point to what the refer- what the reformers were getting to. People like John Calvin, John Knox, uh, more importantly, Martin Luther. But we have the material principle and the formal principle. Uh, Matt, could you explain uh, the material and the former, the formal principle and how that relates to the, uh, to the Protestant Reformation? Well, easy. The material principle is basically that uh, salvation or justification by faith alone in Christ alone. Period. That was the hallmark of the Reformation. Mm, yes. The formal principle would simply be that the Word of God is is the final authority. Yeah. So those are basically what those things are. And without the, the latter, you can't have the former. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand. And there's a principle, which I don't want to digress too much, but it's a principle about the very nature and the power of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That his word must be what it is. And and he said, let there be light, there's light. The word became flesh dwelt among us. Covenant is a binding of God with his word, eternal covenant, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the word of God, the inspiration there, is what we must bend our knee to. I mean, we bend it to our Lord. But mm-hmm. in as far as authority in the earthly realm, it's by that. And when you go to that, then you see what the scriptures teach. Right. And we, then they did so, and that's why we had the material principle or the doctrine, the right doctrine, mm. that justification is by faith alone and Christ alone through grace alone, period. Yes. So l- let me get that straight, just for our listeners to kind of clarify. Um, the, the, the Reformers were going to the Word of God in order to obtain this doctrine of, uh, of, of solo fide, correct, right? Just for our listeners. Yep. Yes, that's exactly it. So I, I, have, I have a quote here uh, by John Calvin, and it's, it's his, this is how the Reformers saw it, uh, how important solo fide was. So John Calvin, who was a Reformer, uh, go read his material, excellent. Um, uh, um, so solo fide, he said this while talking with a, uh, with a Catholic cardinal on solo fide. He said, quote, and this is on the removal of solo fide, sorry. But he says, if... Um, if sola fide is removed, quote, the glory of Christ is extinguished, religion is abolished, the church destroyed, and the hope of salvation utterly overthrown. And Martin Luther, who was pretty much the, the spark <laughs> that, yep. that caused the wildfire, he said this about sola fide. He said, uh, the article with and by which the church stands without which falls. So, yep. And he also said, uh, Luther also said, without sola fide, the church cannot exist for mm. one hour. <laughs> that's that's like okay yeah Luther mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, again so we're we're going on justification by faith alone we 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 got a proper understanding of of um, of what faith is what we um, we uh, and and so this whole concept of solo fide faith alone so uh, Matt I I the, the the reformers felt strongly about this um, and, and and the reason why they were um, they were so concerned about this because it dealt with the doctrine of justification. And so for our listeners, uh, what is the doctrine of justification and what, what does the, the word justification even mean, you know? As the uh, Greek word dikiazo, it means to uh, dec- basically to declare righteous. Hmm. But you can't understand justification without understanding the nature of the law. And yes. the law itself is a reflection of the character of God, uh, Matthew twelve thirty four. God speaks, utter be light. God speaks, don't lie. Mm-hmm. A law, by necessity, has a punishment. Otherwise, it's not a law. It's a slogan. So the law of God, codified in what we call the Ten Commandments and other areas, are those moral aspects of God's character that are revealed and codified. Mm-hmm. So we are obligated, according to uh, Deuteronomy twenty-seven, twenty-six, and 
Galatians 3.10, we are obligated to live that law perfectly because, as it says in 1 Peter 1.16, be holy, for I am holy. Mm. So the standard is God, not man. Mm-hmm. So how do we obtain that righteousness according to the law? Well, all people have sinned, Romans 3.23. And so we've got problems. Mm-hmm. So since sin's breaking the law of God, First John 3, 4, and we have all sinned, then therefore there's a righteous judgment upon us. We mm. are guilty according to the law. So the only way to be um, made right according to the law is by faith. And the reason that is because <clears throat> all of our righteous deeds are filthy rags before God. Mm. All of our righteous deeds have been touched by sin, Rome, um, Isaiah 64, 6. And since nobody can do anything that's good, Romans 3, 10, 11, and 12, then we have nothing to offer God, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. So the only thing left over is our faith in what Christ did, who never sinned, 1 Peter 2, 22, bore our sin in his body on the cross, 1 Peter 2, 24. He lived the law perfectly, and so therefore he did what was necessary. He then, as he said, bore our sins in his body, so he died and rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And the resurrection is the guarantee that the sacrifice of Christ is acceptable to God the Father. And therefore, his resurrection is necessary for a Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And if we are to receive what Christ has, that righteousness, then we must receive it by faith, because everything else we've got is touched by sin. Mm-hmm. God even grants that we believe, Philippians 1, and our belief is the work of God, John 6, 28, 29. So what happens is, when we believe, we're justified, Romans 5, 1, by faith. Mm-hmm. And when that occurs, we receive the righteousness of God Philippians 3, 9. A righteousness mm-hmm. is not our own, but that it comes from God. Mm-hmm. So justification is simply God's way of making us right according to the law mm-hmm. by the righteousness of Christ that's given to us mm-hmm. upon faith so that we are then made right according to that law, and he sees us as righteous because of the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Long, long way to say it, but that's what it is. Yes, yes. Beautifully said. Um so the Ro- so the, the Roman Catholic Church they also have a, a doctrine of justification. Um, they would also yeah. say that that it is by faith, right? Um, and and the Re- the reformers on the other hand said it's by faith alone. So now let's go ahead and dive into um, what the Roman Catholics believe of justification um, and and how one is justified before God. Um, as we were talking before the podcast um, started. Uh, we live down here in, um, in, in on the border of Texas, or so right across from Mexico. I'm Hispanic, um, Abe's Hispanic, and the the majority, the predominant culture here is Hispanic, and so along with that comes Catholicism. So we encounter a, a lot of Catholicism, and so I think it's important for not only our community to understand the differences, uh, but also point back to hey, it's it's coming from the scriptures. And, uh, and, uh, just cause I, I have, I have come across both Protestants and Roman Catholics who, who don't know the, the difference. It's important. Yeah. It's super right. important. And we come across people where they're like, yeah, I know Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Roman Catholics down here, I know Jesus, I'm good, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and when we're talking to the people down here, we're, we're letting them know that there is a difference, you know, Yes. and a lot of people don't see a difference, yeah. you know, and, and, and this is why we're, um, we're here talking and mm-hmm. that somebody might listen, you know, and continue the, the truth mm-hmm. uh, of the works of Christ. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, let, let's, let, let me go back to that question again. I got sidetracked. Um, so, what, what, is, uh, what is the difference, uh, Matt, between the Protestant and Catholic view of justification? Um, well, to answer it, i got to build a little bit of a, of a Catholic foundation and the principles for people to understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, first of all, salvation is found in their church and the organization of the church and mm-hmm. the authority of the magisterium. The magisterium, in turn, grants, so to speak, the authority to the priests. The priests are the ones who administer the treasury of grace that is merited by the works of Christ, Mary, and the saints, mm-hmm. the treasury of grace in heaven. How do you get this grace? Mm. The grace is infused into you, Catholic Catechism, paragraph 2023. It's infused into you through the sacraments. Mm. So this is called sacerdotalism. Sacerdotalism is a teaching that through a physical means, grace is imparted into you. The more grace that's infused into you, paragraph 2023, the more grace that's infused into mm. you, the more righteous you are. So we have venial sin and mortal sin. Venial sin removes part of the grace in you, and mortal sin removes all of the grace. So if you had just gone to confession, 
And he yes. gra- grants you a pardoning of everything. You've got to do penance now to remove the temporary uh, punishment due to the sins already forgiven. But at any rate, you, you, know, you, commit a, you go outside, you see a woman, and you lust after her. You just lost a little bit of your, uh, your grace. Right, so yeah. now you have to go back in and get it reinfused into you. If you walk outside and shoot somebody and murder them, mm. all of your grace is lost. And if you die right then, you simply go to hell. Wow. So justification and... Uh, Roman Catholicism is a process. And I could, if you want, I could read the whole thing to you. I got a thing, it took me two weeks to write. It just <laughs> takes about a minute and a half to, to read. Hey, it's kind of lengthy. If you want, but yes. Go. Well, it, it's really, it's a, it's a, you know, I can find it really quickly here, but it's a convoluted system mm-hmm. that, that uh, the Roman Catholic Church has in order to be saved. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute ridiculous uh, system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me see right here. Yeah. So this is come on here it goes. Come on. How come it's not going? On my website, I got all this stuff here. Here we go. Hit enter. <laughs> no all worries, right. man. Summary, no worries. The summary. Check this out. This literally took me two weeks of research. Hmm. This is what it is. I, and I, I can quote every reference, but it'll just take too much time. So I'm just going to quote the thing. Okay. It's on my website. Summary of process of salvation in Roman Catholicism. This is what it says. To begin, God grants actual grace to a person, which enables him to believe in Christ and also believe in the truth of the Catholic Church. After belief, the person must be baptized, which is necessary for salvation. The baptism erases original sin, unites a person with Christ, infuses Mm. grace into the person, and grants justification. After baptism, he's saved. But to maintain his salvation, it is necessary for him to perform good works Mm. and participate in the sacraments, which provide grace that is proper to each sacrament. This is necessary in order to maintain infused grace. Mm. However, grace can be lessened by venial sins or completely lost by mortal sins. Venial sins remove part of the infused grace, but not the saving grace known as sanctifying grace. Mm. To remedy the problem of venial sins, the Catholic is to take the Eucharist, which the Church teaches forgives venial sins. He must also perform various penance, which must be done in concert with perfect contrition. But there's a problem. Sins require punishment. Even though sins are absolved by a priest, the punishment due to a person because of his sin can remain. To deal with the remaining punishment, indulgences are administered to deal with the punishment due to the guilt of the sins that are already forgiven. These indulgences draw upon the good works of the Blessed Virgin Mary and of Christ and the saints, so as to obtain the remission of temporal punishment due to their sins. Furthermore, the indulgences can be applied to themselves or the dead who are in purgatory. Now, in case the Catholic has committed a mortal sin, then all his infused grace is lost. To regain this grace, he must partake of of special penance, since it helps restore grace that was lost. To conclude, the Roman Catholic must have faith, participate in the sacraments, take the Eucharist, keep the commandments, perform penance, and do indulgences in order to attain, maintain, and regain his salvation, Mm -hmm. as well as reduce the punishment due to him for the sins of which he's already forgiven. Wow. Wow. And, um... Yeah. And, man, and, and is, is it fair to say, is this, is this belief that um, is, it's the means by which all the benefits of Christ are transferred through the sacraments? Yep. Uh, sacraments, sacerdotalism, is mm. the means by which this, the grace from the heavenly treasure area is infused into the participant. Now, this is problematic because it means the Church has the authority to infuse the grace through the mm. sacraments. So in order to get your salvation maintained or increased, whatever, you have yeah. to go to the church and its authority and its priesthood. We call that bondage. Mm. Yeah. 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 It, it almost seems like a product as well. And you sell oh, yeah. grace. Yeah. You know, you, hey, we have the product. You want to come get it? You know, let me infuse it. <laughs> and, and is it fair to say that the reformers had the uh, issue with this because yeah. that that, oh, yeah. <laughs> that in order to restore the state of grace uh, once one must perform the works of satisfaction and and I and I'm assuming that when they were reading their Bible it was contrary to what the church absolutely I always tell people read Romans three four five Galatians three four five mm-hmm. just read those three chapters there's a lot of you know those varying chapters but it's just easier to remember. Romans three four five Galatians three four five, you know Romans three twenty eight. We maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Romans 4, 1 and following, what then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the, to the law, has found? For if he, Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Hmm. But what does the Scripture say? Abraham believes God and is credited to him as righteousness. To the one who um, works is is. Uh, his credit is, is not credited as a favor, but what is due. But to the one who does not work but believes, his mm-hmm. faith is credited to him as righteousness. That's Romans 4, 5, that last verse. Mm-hmm. That's a critical verse. Mm-hmm. And you go to Galatians 2, it talks about these things, 2, 20, 21, 20, and it talks about this too. The thing is, we have nothing to offer God, period, yeah. except our sin. That's all I've got to offer God. And the only thing that's going to save me from his righteous judgment is the blood of Christ, my faith in what he's done, period. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> this is Roman three twenty five, and actually, guys, there's um, if you go to karm dot org slash verses showing justification by faith, there's a whole yep. list, and so I'm gonna read just maybe like four, but we have Romans three twenty two, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. Romans three twenty four, uh, being justified as a gift by grace through the redemption which is Christ Jesus. Um, let me see where we go. Some Romans nine. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness attain righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. Um, we have Galatians. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we may uh, be justified by faith in Jesus Christ and not by the works of the law, um, since the works of the law sh- uh, shall no flesh be justified. So, since by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So, like, even just that last part, Matt, it it's, it seems very clear. There's a whole list of scriptures for people to come look at. Where where do they point to in the scriptures to justify their uh, position for justification? Well, they go to James 2. Yes, yeah. I wanted to talk and about that. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty standard because a man is justified... Uh, not by works alone, but by uh, not by faith alone, but by works. It says mm-hmm. not by faith alone, and they say, "See, the only place where faith alone is mentioned is right there, where it says not by faith alone." Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, there's this really nasty word you haven't learned yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called context, and um, <laughs> you know, you should should look at that because it starts in verse 14. Mm-hmm. What use is it, my brother, if a man says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? Mm-hmm. That faith, that faith is a dead faith, because he says in verse 17, faith without works is dead, being by itself. And this is what he says here in verse 18, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. I will show you my faith by my works, that we call this the horizontal. Mm. This is justification before people, not the vertical, justification before God. And I can go on and exegete that more. But what he's talking about there is not justification before God, but before man. Huh. And verse 18 proves that. Where Romans 4, uh, 1 through 5, where the same verse is quoted in this pericope, uh, is referenced, and that's justification before God. Mm. And that's that's the simple, that, that's it, that, that's what it is. Yes, yes. Um, Abraham actually had a really good question in just in the context of that, that time period and that history. When yeah. it came to the Catholic Church and the Protestants um, coming out, um, how much of it had to do really with with having authority over people. I don't know if there's any is there, is there any credence to that to say that? I don't know. Like, yeah, like control. Like uh, we we see the we see mm-hmm. the pro, pro, uh, the Protestant uh, Reformation going on, and and how much was the church afraid of losing control? Uh, Incredibly, yeah. it was involved in military conflicts. It was involved in political things. It was in very high esteem in various. Uh, uh, theocratic systems, like kings and queens who were of varying religion, religious, uh, let's just say persuasions, there's some variations there, but okay. uh, absolutely it's an issue of control. And when you have a bunch of unregenerate people like the Catholic popes and priests of that time, and most of them were very unregenerate, then you're going to have um, synergistic soteriological systems that are no different than Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. It's false. And so they wanted control. And then the church replaces Christ. The church and the priesthood replace Christ. Right. Now, I mentioned before we be talked, let me give you guys something that you can work with, my, the listeners can yeah. work with. You're talking to a Roman Catholic. This is what I've done many, many, many times with a Catholic. I say, look, Jesus is God in flesh, right? And they mm-hmm. say, yeah. 
Okay, good. Well, we agree. And he has all authority in heaven and earth, Matthew 28, 18. And they say, yeah. And he forgives sins, Luke 5, 20 and 7, 48. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And he said, pray to him, you know, mm-hmm. John 14, 14, ask him anything in my name and I will do it. So you can pray to Jesus, right? And they'll say, yes. Mm-hmm. He has all authority, right? Yes. He forgives sins, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you pray to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of all of your sins? And they're going to have to say at this point, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you pray to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, are all of your sins forgiven? At Mm. this point, you have problems because they see where you're going. Mm. And if the answer is yes, well, then why do you need the priesthood and the sacraments? Uh But if you say no, oh, so Jesus isn't enough for you? Yeah. Yeah. And so either way, and, and I've had... I've been running this by Catholics now for a few years, mm-hmm. and I've not had a single Catholic pray and just ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. They mm-hmm. can't do it. The reason they can't is because they're brainwashed into believing that salvation is found in the authority of the Church. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's such an important part for people to realize is that when you say your works— uh, could attain your salvation. Um, you're also saying that Christ's death on the cross wasn't sufficient. Yeah, that's right. And you, you're, you're, um, you're stomping on the work of Christ. Yeah. I mean, the the God of all creation came down in in a in a incarnate incarnated himself in into uh into man came and died for the sins of his elect, and and then you're saying that's. You know, oh, but it wasn't enough. I still got I got to work, and I I think it it takes a while, right, for some people to kind of come to grips with that. But that that is in essence what you're saying. <laughs> and, and Matt, why is it why is it easier to do works than just believe? Mm-hmm. I mean, like Ar- arrogance, you- arrogance and pride. Hmm. Interesting. When when you're in the presence of God, the presence of God, you have nothing. Your heart is exposed the way dark corners are exposed when a bright light in a room suddenly shines. Mm-hmm. You see what you really are inside. Mm-hmm. And because people don't have the light of Christ in them, they think that they can have works, that somehow the sincerity of their own heart is good enough. Mm-hmm. And sincerity of heart is a form of pride. Mm-hmm. Because what they're saying is, Look at my heart, Lord. Am I not sincere? Mm -hmm. And because of what's in me and my heart, how my heart is within me, because of the sincerity within me, Lord, isn't that good enough to be with you? Mm -hmm. If that was the case, then why did Christ have to come and die on the cross? So it's a form of arrogance and Mm -hmm. pride. Mm -hmm. That's why. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, man. Um, I was going to ask a question. It just slipped my mind. I hate it when this happens. Oh, okay. Hold on. Did it come back in? (laughs) <laughs> it's come back, dude. I had it in the back of my mind. Um, oh yes, here it is. And th- this is this is mainly uh, towards Protestantism, um, and this has to deal with the cardinal Christian. Um, and so I want you to flesh that out as well, Matt, uh, because I know some Roman Catholics will, you know, something they'll object to Protestantism was like, oh, so you could just believe and then just continue to sin, right? That that's yeah, that's, that's absolutely that's not what yeah, we're saying. Did. <laughs> yeah, actually, look, I say to people, yeah, we can sin all we want if we're regenerate. <laughs> sure. And I ask them, and how much are you going to want to sin if you're really saved and really regenerate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because the people who don't want to, who, who want to sin, they're not regenerate. It's the regenerate. What happens is, you know, we get accused of this in Perseverance of the Saints and, you yes. know, Calvinism, which I love to defend. I've been defending mm-hmm. it for 25 you, years. You just wrote a book recently, right? I saw it on uh, Facebook or uh, Notes. Well, I, it was I notes. Just, yeah, I just re- released my notes, about 70 or so pages of notes on, mm. on Calvinism. I, I used them in my own personal notes when I would debate. Mm-hmm. And I realized, man, people need to have these things. And I let mm-hmm. a few people uh, check them out, and they're like, man, I love them. I print them up and rub them on my chest. They're awesome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, that's um, great. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. So but, yeah, yeah, Matt, I, I, want you to, I want you to flesh that out a little bit more for our listeners. Um um, yes. Just, Simple. Just, just what what happens when we attain true faith and the regeneration, um, as well, okay. and what what happens to the heart and the condition. All right. Let me put this in order. Yes. Regeneration precedes faith, mm-hmm. and we don't say that it precedes faith. Lo- uh, 
temporally, we say it's logical precession. Yes. Uh, uh, so a temporal precession would be I turn a switch on a light and five seconds later the light appears. That's temporal precession. Light switch, five seconds later, mm-hmm. the light. Logical precession is this. You flip a light switch and instantaneously the light is, is there. But the light follows the act of, the, of electricity being there. So electricity is logically prior to the light mm. because it must be in place in order for the light to exist. Mm-hmm. So we would say electricity, even though it's simultaneous with the light, is logically prior to the light yes. because it causes the light, but the light does not cause the electricity. Mm-hmm. All right. So regeneration, we're caused to be born again, First Peter 1, 3. We're born again, not of our own will, John 1, 13. And so because of this, and, and it's a mysterious thing that happens, you know, John 3, 3 through 8, and we're uh, made new creatures, Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. So because of this, we're, we're made new creatures. Mm-hmm. There's a change in us. There's a change in us. Mm-hmm. The people who criticize this idea, don't, I don't think they know what that change is, because mm-hmm. they think that justification is maintained by your obedience. Mm-hmm. No. We have this thing called regeneration. <clears throat> I don't want to sin. I used to cuss like you wouldn't believe. Even my mm-hmm. pagan friends asked me to, cut, to uh, calm it down. When I got <laughs> saved, it's true. It's true. Yeah, no, it is and when, true. Yeah, and when I got saved, all that just automatically stopped, mm-hmm. just was gone. I, I just, it was just no more. Why? Not because I decided, but because it was the result of regeneration. Mm-hmm. And that's what regeneration is. It's this change in us, and along with it comes a desire to honor and serve God. And so I said to people, yeah, we can sin all we want after we're regenerated. But they think, oh, that means you can go out and sin. I said, I didn't say that. I said, all you want. How much are you going to want to if you're really a Christian? And that's what they miss. They don't understand what regeneration really is. Yes. The change in us by the indwelling of God, John fourteen twenty three. God lives in us. Mm. And this is that's so it's it's all a package. Justification, saying well not sanctification, but justification, ultimately sanctification is oh I could I could take another tangent, I won't. So justification, uh, believing, regeneration, all of these are kind of a package that you get simultaneously. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's I think me and uh, me and Abe could attest to the testimony of of, of our rege- regeneration and coming to faith. Um, you said you cussed like a sailor, and yeah. <laughs> oh, I did too as well. And what happens to the heart of a Christian? Like it says in, his, in the book of Ezekiel, you know, he he changes our heart from a heart of of stone to a heart of flesh, and we have a contrition, what it would be called a contrition for our sin. And so it's it's not a turning away of our sin because God's going to punish us or, or we're in trouble, but it's 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 a it's a repentance of you have finally realized your sin and you want to you're, you're looking at, towards the holiness of God. And uh, I mean I, it was it was instant man w- with me. Uh, once I yeah. once I once uh once God brought me to his son, I felt disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt the weight of sin and I wanted to turn away from it all. Yeah. Um and and and, and I I I you know, I could go on and on. I don't know if you could test that. Game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, once I came to Christ, the things that I was pursuing uh, in the world were there was no desire for it. You know, I I I, I didn't want to sin. I, I wanted to follow Christ. You know, um, and 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 I think um, just going back, Matt, what you were just saying in Romans six, uh, um, uh, uh, verse one, and and Paul does a great job. Of anticipating right. the question, he mm. says, "What should we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound?" Mm. And he's very clear: by no, no means. means. <laughs> how can we? How can we who die in sin still still live right. in it? Yes, you know? and that's and and that's and that's very crucial. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I didn't prepare this on the podcast, but I I, I really would like Abraham for you to because you've talked to me about your your. Your testimony of you being in, in your room the moment you were saved—you had heard the gospel your whole life. Yeah, and I, there was a moment where you just yeah. the light bulb came on. <laughs> I was I, I was raised in a Christian home, went to a Christian high school, uh, went off to college, and just doing. I was not saved. I, I mean, I was sitting in Bible class, uh, homeroom, uh, and the teachers that were there were saved were just. T- and just always talking to us about the gospel, mm-hmm. and yeah. I and, and I was sitting and I was not saved. Uh, and then it, um, God got a hold of me in my apartment in Chicago. How old were you? By the uh, way? 34, 35, 
34, mm. 34. Okay. Uh, and I'm 39. So it was not too long ago. I knew, I knew Jesus died for me. Uh, I knew, I knew that he, the truth, the truth, yes. but I wasn't saved. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, and, and he got a hold of me in my apartment. I broke down on my knees on a, on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. and, and I was weeping and you felt it and I felt it. Mm-hmm. I, and, and ever since I, I surrendered, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I surrendered. Put your faith in Christ. Yes. Put my faith in Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Amen. And that's just a, in a mm-hmm. nutshell. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, so Matt, we, we talked a little bit about Roman uh, Catholicism and, and I really would kind of like, we, we got probably like five, 10 more minutes left. I would like to do. Um, so I, I wanted to ask the question, uh, w- dealing with the cults. I was listening to, um, about a year ago, I was with my friend Isai. We're driving back from San Antonio to Laredo and we're listening to, uh, Apologia Studios podcast and they were reviewing a BYU professor who was a Mormon and he said, quote, <laughs> I blew my mind, man. And I'm being honest, I, me and my friend Isai, we looked at each other and we were like, what? <laughs> and he said, he said, like, Christ is, Christ is the door, but Joseph Smith is the door hinge, he said. Yeah. And yeah. I, my eyes opened up and I looked at, you know, we, you always hear about these things with Mormonism. And, and I guess it, it, it took a Mormon uh, to say it and who was preaching their doctrine and, and cl- their classic do- doctrine and theology. And I was like, what on earth? You know, why? You know, I, I would say, I mean, <laughs> the door is important, yeah, but I would say the door hinge is more important because that's that's what upholds the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, Matt, I just want to bring it back to you. When it when it's coming to the cults, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, um, how what is their doctrine of justification? They're all the same. It's through uh, sincerity and works. And Second Nephi twenty five twenty three in the Book of Mormon says we're saved by grace through faith. After all, you can do. Moroni ten thirty two says that um, if you deny yourself of all ungodliness, then is God's grace sufficient for you. Mm. And D and C doctrine and covenants. I'm reading this one uh, fifty eight forty three. By this ye may know if a man repenteth of his sins. Behold, he will confess them and forsake them. And then a lot of people don't know this one, but this is D and C eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, eighty two seven doctrine and covenants in Mormonism mm. verse seven eighty two seven. And now, verily I say unto you, I, the Lord, will not lay any sin to your charge. Go your ways and sin no more. But unto the soul who sinneth shall the former sins return. So in Mormonism, you have to be perfect. Mm. And that's what you know, exaltation, becoming gods and things like that. They misquote Matthew 5.48, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. But they teach a works righteousness system. And so does the uh, group of Jehovah's Witnesses. It, well, let me say one thing. I'll very often talk to Catholics about their soteriology, their mm-hmm. salvation. Soteri- so, soteriology, by the way, listeners, is the study of salvation. Just, just right. those, yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry. And so I'll quote the Book of Mormon. I'll say, "Well, Mr. Roman Catholic, do you believe you're saved by grace through faith? After all, you can do." They go, "Yeah, well, that's, that's the Book of Mormon." I'm just quoting. And so uh, a lot of them don't like that, but that's it. In uh, the the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society and the Jehovah's Witnesses organization, mm-hmm. uh, it says that. Um, in, in February 15th, 1983, page 12, that there are four requirements for salvation. And the tough one, the second one, is to obey God's laws. Mm-hmm. So, you know, false religious systems, this is how you can tell a false religious system. Uh, one, a false God, false Christ. But whenever you have a false God and a false Christ, you always have a false gospel. However, mm. in Catholicism, they have a true God, a true Christ, but a false gospel. Mm. But nevertheless, uh, all false gospels are your sincerity, God's work, and what you do. That's it. Hmm. All Those are false Gospels, and the Bible talks about those being false, too. I gave the references for that, but uh, that's sure. what it is. Yeah, um, um, I don't even have any questions, Abraham. Um, I was going to ask even, too, with, um, with Islam as well. Um, yeah. Same thing? Uh, with their, their doctrine of justification? How does that work? I just want to give our listeners a, a kind of a taste of you know, of, of, of what other views are of justification. Well, they don't have a doctrine of justification according to righteousness by the law. Islam doesn't. Okay. Uh, there's a, a phrase in Islam called, it's uh, insha'Allah, and it means if Allah wills. Mm. So though they have a requirement of salvation in that you're supposed to do good things and do good works, there's mm-hmm. a scale of um, 
There's a scale, let's just say. Okay. And if your good works outweigh your bad works, then hopefully you'll make it. But, inshallah, even, but even then, if you've done everything right according to the Islamic law, uh, if God wills, he'll decide yeah. to help because there is mm. no direct relationship. There is no justification. And I could talk on Islam for a while, but there is no justification in, uh, in uh, Islam. Mm. God, Allah is capricious, arbitrary, and violates his own law. Hmm. And in order for salvation, and I can get into that some other time if you guys want. Yeah, but that's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. And and and, and all these false uh, religions uh, is 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 it fair to say that they all lack the assurance of salvation? Because it sounds absolutely. like it. It sounds like it. It's yeah. scary. That's what I was going to point out to you right now. Yeah, because how much works do you do? You know, mm-hmm. how much and how do you know that your good is outweighed your bad? Uh, I know a Jehovah Witness told me that only God knows when we get in heaven. Mm. And yeah, that's what, uh, inshallah, yeah. But I've said to people, look, I know I'm justified. You know, first oh. uh, John 5.13 says, these things are written so you may know you have eternal life. I say, oh, I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah. And they say, you are incredibly arrogant. And the reason they say that is because they think salvation is based on your works. Uh-huh. Well, I must think I'm so great that I'm going to heaven because that's how good I am. Yeah. So they rightfully, from their perspective, say I'm arrogant. I say, yeah. No, mm. on the contrary, it's because I don't put any hope in my work. You're yeah. the one who's arrogant. Yeah, yeah, that's you know. that's a good point. Um, I forgot it was another question, man. I'm just questions slipping my mind today. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, well, I got something I can offer you guys in the meantime, if you want. What's up? Scripture. Oh, oh go yeah. go for it. Yep. All right. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, mm-hmm. Lord, mm-hmm. they would not mm-hmm. prophesy in your name. That means preach, teach. In Jesus' name, mm-hmm. cast out demons in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. perform miracles in Jesus' name. So they're doing good works. Now they're on a day of judgment, and Jesus is going to say, "I never knew you. Get away from me, you who practice lawlessness." Weren't they weren't they yeah. believers? Right. Yes. Were they doing good works? Yes. And they're going to hell. Why? Because they're appealing to faith and works. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. And check this out in Luke eighteen nine through fourteen. And this is what he says. This is what Jesus it says here. In the first verse is really important. And he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves wow. that they were righteous. That's that's critical. Two men went to the temple, one to pray, one a Pharisee, a tax gatherer. Now we know the story. Yeah. The Pharisee says, Look, I've not done this, I have done that, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He's condemned. And the tax gatherer, this is the sinner's prayer, incidentally, it's in the Bible. Uh, be Lord be merciful to me, the sinner. Okay, mm. and so what we see here is really interesting. Who's trusting in themselves? It's the one who is sincerely trying to follow God's law in order to be saved. Mm. He's trusting in themselves. That's what the Bible says. That is, mm. it's arrogance in any way. It's either all of Christ or it's not all of Christ. And if it's not all of Christ, and you're adding your filthy, sin-stained works to what Christ has done, yeah, what an insult to the cross. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's important. Um, I was going to go back. Man, I am just slipping up on questions. <laughs> that's all right. Um, is, what did it have to do with justification? Yeah, I had. A, I need to get a pen in it. Can you lose it? In, in a pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so, you know, what? that's that's another thing, good thing that to, to bring back, that you, your assurance of your salvation. And that's something that, that Christ does want. Well, yeah, the assurance. he wants, he wants you because... to. Yeah, it's because, in part, we want to trust in Him. Mm-hmm. All of our faith and hope is supposed to be in Him. Yes. When people who, who they don't have assurance, I do two things with them. I talk about, well, are you really trusting in Christ alone? And they go, yeah, I am. But, you know, we have the remnants of sinful tendencies sometimes to say, well, i got to be good. i got to be, you know, yeah, yeah, you do, but not for salvation. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that and kind of clear it up, because we can be saved by grace, but it doesn't mean we get our doctrine right quite yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But another thing, uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about is limited atonement. Mm. And there's a verse, Colossians 2.14, which is critical here. And it says that, talks about Jesus having canceled the certificate of debt, consisting of decrees, which was hostile to us. He took it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The certificate of debt mm. is, is the Greek word kerographon, mm. a handwritten IOU of legal indebtedness. He canceled it at the cross. Mm. He canceled your sin debt at the cross. I didn't go into how Jesus related sin to debt. He did. But uh, I can give you the verses. But anyway, so he canceled the sin debt. Now think about that. If he canceled it, ask him, when did he cancel it? They say, 
uh, at the cross. Mm-hmm. Well, did he cancel it when you believe? Mm-hmm. And they say, and they, you know, they finally get to it. They go, no, mm-hmm. that's right. It's not canceled when you believe. It's canceled at the cross. Yeah. yeah. Your faith doesn't cancel it. Yeah. You're justified when you believe. Mm-hmm. So I say, if it's canceled at the cross... And we get into the idea of federal headship and dying with Christ and what that means. But if it's canceled at the cross, that's because he canceled it for the elect. Mm-hmm. That means no sin debt can be held against you at all. You are eternally secure in Christ. Hmm. Hmm. It's a way of showing how those relate to each other. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Matt. Um, and and so I, I want to point to to the back to the solo, uh, the five solos, Matt. And I've been asking uh, everybody who's going to come onto the program. Um, why is it important for uh, Christians to know and understand the five solas? Uh, because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we ought good. to believe truth. Yes. We ought to believe two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. We ought not believe two plus two is five. We ought to believe what is right and what is true, and all mm-hmm. truth comes from God. And we are able to see from the Scripture that the solas, God alone, faith alone, grace alone, mm-hmm. Christ alone, Scripture alone, all this stuff— mm-hmm. It's based on the work and word of God, mm-hmm. and it's important for us to know that. Yes, and I, I'd say it, it's 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 important because it's the true gospel, and when you know it, you're preaching the true gospel as well to those. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Matt, we're already coming up on the top of the hour, so I'm going to go and and uh, and end it here. But I would like you to present the gospel for those who are listening um, around the world. We have a following. Abe's been seeing the map on our website stats and, and we're growing. Um, but I would just like to, to, for, for Matt to just present the gospel for those who are, uh, who don't have a full assurance of their faith. Uh, some people who have been misled by the, by the, the cults and the Roman Catholics. Um, so if you could do that for us, Matt, that would be a blessing. Sure. It's, it, the, the gospel is simple. It's, pro, it's, it's defined in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, as a death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's the good news. But what does that mean? God is perfect, and he's holy. We're not. His standard is resting in himself, not in our ability. The standard is the law of God, which is perfection. And if you break that law, your judgment. If you've lied, if you've stolen, if you've cheated, you hated unrighteously, uh, etc., then you are under righteous judgment of God. Hmm. But... Jesus Christ, who's God in flesh, second person of the Trinity, became one of us and kept that law perfectly, perfectly. He never did anything wrong. And so his righteousness is according to the law. And when he went to the cross, our sins were transferred to him. It's called imputation. They were transferred to him, and he died with them. So he's done everything to remove our sin and give us righteousness. The good news, the gospel is this, that though you are a sinner and you've broken the law of God and are under his judgment, what you need to do in order to receive forgiveness of sins and be made righteous according to the law of God so that no judgment falls upon you, what you need to do is trust by faith only what Christ has done, his perfect law-keeping and his death on the cross, which washes away our sins. You put your faith and your trust in what he has done and what he's done alone. Because to put it in your sincerity and your works and what he's done is to say that what he's done is not enough in and of itself. The only thing we have to offer him is our sin, and that's not good enough. So we have to completely trust in him. And when you do that, when you trust in him alone, that's justification. That's the righteousness of God given to you. And so that when on the day of judgment comes, you're seen as being righteous, and you'll be fine before God. That's the good news. It's free. It's already done. You just receive it by faith and trust in Christ alone, and he will save you from the righteous judgment of God and give you his own righteousness in place. Amen. Amen. Beautifully said, Matt. Um, Thank thank you you for coming on to the program. Uh, Our listeners, uh, please like uh, and share this podcast with your friends who are are Roman Catholics, uh, maybe some Jehovah's Witnesses that you know, um, as well as uh, Mormons. Um, and so, and, and if, if you guys are listeners or, or y'all have any questions, feel free to email me at juliobridgeman, uh, at gmail.com and Matt Slick, where can, uh, people reach you for those who are new, uh, who've never heard about you or your ministry, where, where can they reach you at? 
Oh, it's easy. Just send a $20 bill with your address on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can just go to carm.org, C-A-R-M.org, and we have email at the bottom, and people can uh, check it out. I also have a radio show I'll be on mm. in three hours, okay. unless they're snowed in again like they were yesterday. I'll be on live, but uh, uh, that's on uh, – go to Carm, and you can uh, get the information. Just carm.org slash radio, mm-hmm. and you can listen online or whatever. Yeah. Facebook, uh, you used to find them on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook. I've been wa- yeah. W- when I was going to college, uh, when I was in college last year, um, I would come home and study, and I would, I would, I would play your your radio program, and I'd be studying. I actually called in like twice. <laughs> oh, good. So that means you're a smart person. Good, I like that. <laughs> he's slick. Yeah, he's slick. Yeah, <laughs> that's brother, great. Brother slick. All right, um, all right, brother slick. Well, um, we'll have you back on the program again. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of, of Calvinism. Uh, the doctrines oh, of yeah. grace. I would love to get uh, to do maybe a series on that and uh, and ha- have you come in and, and, and talk about it. But uh, anyway, guys, next week we're going to be doing a solo Christus. I'm having my pastor uh, Chad McCartney. Uh, he's going to be coming in and talking about that. And uh, the following week we have uh, Doug Wilson coming on. Dougie. He's going to finish it off with Solo de Gloria. So, uh, but anyway, guys, um, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love uh, your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, brothers and sisters, remember that all authority has been given uh, to, to Christ on heaven and on earth. And go and disciple the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we will see you on the next one. Uh, see you guys later. See we you out. guys later.